On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. If I'm always looking for someone to be perfect, to lead a movement or to carry a movement or sustain a movement, then a movement's not possible. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Okay, lady, today we have two powerhouses on the show at one time, okay? Their bios are exceptional and there's so much that we could say about each of them. So we're going to keep the bio short and sweet so that you can hear more about their incredible journeys from the stars themselves, okay? Jamie Lawson can currently be seen as one of the stars of the critically acclaimed series, Genius MLKX, portraying Eddie Shabazz, the wife of Malcolm X, who was crucial to the civil rights movement. Lawson was also previously featured as one of Variety's 10 actors to watch, okay? And can recently be seen opposite Viola Davis and John Boyega and Gina Prince Blythewood, the woman king. There is so much more that we could say about Jamie, but let's give a little intro to her castmate and equally talented actor, Weiruche Opia. Opia is a British Nigerian actress. Opia is well known for her breakout performance in HBO's acclaimed series, I May Destroy You. If you have not seen it, y'all better go watch that, okay? Her portrayal as Terry Pratchard in the series garnered her a British Academy Television Award nomination, period, and a Black Real Award. And y'all have to tune it. Oh my gosh, I wish y'all could see what I see right now, but y'all won't even see this. I can't even say, y'all won't even see it, okay? We are, we are being so silly on video right now, and this is an exclusive, so you gotta, you gotta be there to see it. As you can imagine, there is so much more that we can say about Waruche, and we're just going to leave it at this, and then we're going to jump into the conversation, okay? She holds a degree in drama and sociology from the University of West England, Bristol, and currently resides in London. Jamie and Waruche, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Hello. Hello. Oh my gosh, we are so excited for this conversation. And so we are going to dive into our quote of the day, which comes to us from one of the women that you all portray on the series. Sometimes I am also identified as a civil rights leader or a human rights activist. I would also like to be thought of as a complex, three-dimensional, flesh and blood human being with a rich storehouse of experiences, much like everyone else, yet unique in my own way, much like everyone else. 
That quote comes to us from Coretta Scott King. Ladies, when you hear those words and you think about the women that you all portray in this series, what comes up for you? That could have been Betty that said that. I didn't know if it was correct. (laughs) (laughs) I was like waiting for it to drop. I'm like, which one of these women said this? Because it's the same thing. I think they had the exact same experience and exact same feelings that they were more than just, you know, the wives of, they were activists in their own rights. They are three-dimensional women. They were mothers, wives, sisters, daughters, you know, friends. And so I never heard that quote in my life. And I'm, I wish I'd been using that on the press all this time. (laughs) My own words when Corinna said it so, you know, eloquently. But that's literally, I feel, a reflection of what we, I'm sure, feel about these women and to try to incorporate that into our performances for genius. Yeah, because without even hearing that quote, just, I don't know, it's affirming. It's affirming to know, because that's what we set out to do with Dr. Betty and Coretta was to give them the full complexities that they deserve. And yeah, it's affirming since we don't have either women no longer are with us to know that we we did them justice then in that way. Yeah. All right, ladies, we have so many questions about the show and what you did prepare and all that good stuff. But let's start from, you know, let's start from the beginning. If you can each take a moment and just tell us how did you, Jamie, become the Jamie Lawson we see today? And Wairuche, how did you become the <laughs> Wairuche Opia that we see today? How did you become the powerhouse women who everyone is seeing right now? Because I know that you had a journey to get here, right? Oh, yes. I still feel like I'm on the journey. I'm not I'm very much that. Woo, you still got to figure out. I, oh, that's such a loaded question. My, always my initial response to that is my mother. Like I give a lot of credit to her. I, she was always a, just a leading example. She wasn't perfect at all, but I've got to watch, gotten to watch her over the past 26 years <laughs> figure and still learn light and give her space, give herself permission to evolve and give herself grace to make mistakes and correct them. And yeah, I've seen her through some tough times and, and the resilience that she carries. So that's my, that's definitely my leading example of, of how I, 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 of, of figuring out how to carve out the kind of woman I would like to be. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that for sure. But I'm still very myself. You know, it's earlier. That's crazy. I don't think I've ever been called a powerhouse before. And I don't know what to do with that right now. <laughs> I was like, hold on, should I, go, should I go and change my bio on Instagram? <laughs> oh, I would say, like with Jamie, my mom has been a, a wonderful example. And nobody's perfect. She has her flaws, but she's been a great example of, you know, somebody who just keeps going, does it gracefully, handles life's ebbs and flows and all sorts, but she still tries to keep a, a kind of... Not an innocence, but a a love in her heart that she refuses to be 
hard. I will also say my faith. I'm a Christian and that is the guiding for everything. The Bible is the Bible is the Bible for me. And without the leading of Christ, I would not be where I am today. So shout out Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Day one. (laughs) Hey lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real, and we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel, and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year, and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you uplevel your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon, and we highly highly encourage you to join the sister frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. Well, we are we are so grateful that y'all are the powerhouses that you all are. And that y'all were chosen to play Dr. Betty Shabazz and Coretta Scott King. How did you all prepare to play the roles? Because I would imagine that there's maybe a little intimidation, right? When we think about the powerhouse women that they were, how did you prepare to play the roles of these iconic women? Who's going to go first? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Switching it up, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> a lot of research went into it. I'm British, Nigerian. And so I know about Coretta Scott King generally, but I didn't know as much as I do now. I didn't know how instrumental she was to all the achievements of the civil rights movement then. And after her husband was gone and I didn't know she was such an activist. I didn't know she was one who influenced him. And so there's a lot of research to be done and kind of humbling myself and being like, okay, I don't know this. And now I have to take the responsibility to educate myself. And in doing that, it was kind of like a kick for me to be like, 
I thought I knew so much about this woman, but I don't. And so I'm so privileged and honored to be a part of almost like a re-education of her. A lot of prayer went into it as well. I remember reading one of her autobiographies called My Love, My Life, My Legacy. And as I was reading it, I was getting heavy, you know, feeling quite burdened because I was like, oh, this woman is, (laughs) it's a lot. And I remember praying and saying, Lord, I want the essence of Coretta, not the burden. Mm-hmm. Because that burden, it's not for me. Um, I don't, I, I don't have it. I, I don't think I have it. The capacity to, to take what she took on. And so those were two things. The faith was something that I kept relying on. Coretta was a woman of faith as well. She spoke about, you know, prayer being her guiding and, you know, how she made decisions. And so that's kind of how I was also making my decisions and preparing. What else did I do? I had etiquette classes. I did. I had one long last, it was like five hours, five hours, an etiquette class. Because I was like, I want to be a certain veil. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm quite rough with it sometimes. I was like, let me get this together and, you know, figure it out. And I was there in this, this I can't remember what they were called, this wonderful lady in Atlanta. And she does etiquette classes for young men, young women. She kind of prepares them. And they have like, kind of debutante ball stuff, but she teaches them all the etiquette, you know. And so I was like, okay, I'd like that. And so I went and it was, it wasn't, well, I found out that I am a lady because I knew about 90% of what I was taught. So I called my mom and said, mom, well done. I mm-hmm. am a lady. <laughs> And that was one of the things I did to prepare. But again, mostly it was the research, you know, get, trying to, you know, get as much information and get into her mind and, and the prayer to be like, Lord, how am I going to deal with this? I mean, I've never experienced my home being bombed. So yeah. how I, you know, envision that or show that. And so I think a lot of it was just, you know, trying to tap into her, her humanity and how I feel she would have responded from what I know from her. But again, I had to tell myself that I'm not Coretta. I can only show people my understanding of who she was and I grant myself the grace to do so. Yeah. Actually, similarly for me, you know, it all starts in the, again, the research. I, I knew more about, uh, of course, Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm, and even Coretta than I did Dr. Betty Shabazz. And, and, and I knew that I wasn't alone in that. I know that most people don't know a whole lot about her, especially because she didn't, we never saw her speak till after he was assassinated. She never did interviews prior to, and she was never really, she was never in the forefront, you know? Yeah. So for me, a big portion I knew early on was I was set out to, in some way, restore her name was a really important thing for me. I wanted people not to just acknowledge her as Malcolm X's wife, but I wanted people to actually know her by name. And if we can start with just knowing her by name and then begin to do research into all that she contributed. Because she is Dr. Betty Shabazz after all, okay? So, hello. that clear. So, yeah, so that, that started with finding credible books which I knew was going to be a task in and of itself because there's a lot of misinformation that's been out about Malcolm X. Like I knew that growing up that you couldn't really trust everything that was being said about him. 
So if that was the case for him, then I knew for her, I had to be particular and careful as well. And so I found some, you know, I found a biography that charted her life pre-Malcolm and all the way post-Malcolm. And then I also found some, uh, there was a couple of books that one of her daughters wrote, I believe Ilyasa Shabazz wrote. And there was one in particular called Before Betty X that I got to early on. And it's a children's book that fictionalizes somewhat her mother from the time she was born up until around her teenage years. And I found it so fascinating because I found, and I've said this, I found the little girl in in Dr. Betty. And you know, as women, like we walk into, every woman we walk into, we carry in our little girl. And we, and we, we are either walking into a situation, letting that little girl lead or protecting her in some way. And so she's always on the front, forefront of our mind whether we acknowledge that or not. And, and so for me, once I found like I found that little girl, I found, I felt like I found her. I felt like I found what she needed, what she wanted, what she was attracted to. Her deep sense and need of service was birthed from what she went through as a, as a young child. The need to make her hands useful and put her hands to work. And all of that then therefore informed how I built her out as the full woman that she deserves to be seen as. And then there's, of course, this dialect work. There's trying to pick up certain mannerisms. You know, what is it? Studying, it, again, difficult because she spoke after he passed. So I'm trying to see her in this older, older age and trying to kind of craft backwards and say, okay, well, what does this body look like and how did it carry itself when it was 22? Because I'm watching a 38, a 48 year old woman. But what was that like? Like, you know, and so I know that kind of stuff is really fun for me. Like I love that kind of work. But yeah, that's a lot of what that, that research process, track process looked like. Wow. That is so fascinating. I wish I could be a fly on the wall as you are preparing for this, because what I love about what you said, Lee Ruche, is you t- that was so powerful. I feel like every actor, like every actor of faith should have that prayer of Lord, let me find the essence and not the burden, right? I think about method acting and what's required mm-hmm. for actors to, to go into those dark places sometimes. And then they end up be, kind of becoming that. And you struggle with the burden that this character <laughs> had, right? I think about what you said, Jamie, about finding the little girl of Dr. Betty and how I'm sure that made you even more, like just tap into her, her essence even more. So my question for you two is, we often idolize our heroes, right? And we don't acknowledge the shadow side. But I know for myself, I learned about some new things about some of the heroes that we've always praised. And it was, you know, kind of left me feeling conflicted, I guess, because I'm like, dang, I don't want to know about this side of that person, but they're human, right? And so I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on portraying the shadow side of these characters or being privy to the shadow side that maybe we weren't taught when we were younger, right? Like, how do you grapple with that as you're trying to sort of respect their legacy and also share the the truth of their stories. I think it's super important, right? Like there was the initial in the beginning preparing, there's the fear of, yes, you want to honor and respect them. And I also want to tell the truth. And somehow those feel like two conflicting ideas. Because like you said, our we do a good job of idolizing our heroes and in idolizing them, we don't tell the full truth because we don't want to see them as human. 
And I feel like that is so problematic. I We live in a world right now, a time right now, where we don't understand redemption. We don't understand it. We have lost complete sight of it. And it bothers me to my core. And it also speaks volumes to the level of self-hatred that this world has. Like, it, 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 it's a whole thing, okay? Yeah. But when we lack the ability to make space for redemption or find redemptive qualities of people or allow people to make mistakes, right? We are, in fact, denying a part of humanity. It's an unrealistic expectations now are, are what we are guided by. And when that becomes the case, it, it is inevitable that it perpetuates that everybody will fall, right? We always talk about how we look to, everybody praises you on your rise up and then is waiting for you to fall down. And yeah, I think it, it, it also keeps it isolated. It keeps people isolated. It keeps movement stagnant because if I'm always looking for someone to be perfect to lead a movement or to carry a movement or sustain a movement, then a movement's not possible because ain't nobody was perfect but Jesus. So <laughs> we just stuck. Okay. So yeah. I, I, and that's one of the goals that I think a lot of us we shared with the show was hopefully people can watch this and not be scared by how flawed or turned away by how flawed these four individuals were, but that they can be even more inspired to know that greatness is possible even as messed up as you are, because we all are. And yet and still, that shouldn't be something to deter us from wanting to make a change or being a part of something great or for putting our hands to use in whatever capacity that looks like. Yeah. I think I answered that. I might have gone over the table. Did you answer that? <laughs> wow. That was uh, so I'm sorry. Okay. Mic drop. So this has been a great interview. I guess the interview's <laughs> over now. So I'm joking. Just joking. Wait, Ruche, what do you want to add to that? What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, because it's, it's, I'm just, wow. I know you're smart, but baby, that was so articulate. I love that. It's the truth because, you know, the, we don't understand redemption and this unrealistic expectations we put on ourselves, we put on other people. Social media doesn't help that because we're posting our highlights rather than yeah. our negatives. And I think, for me, learning about Coretta and Martin and Malcolm and Betty was a reminder for me that I'm okay. Do you know what I mean? I can still want to do great things, but I can do it as me. With my sharp tongue sometimes. With, <laughs> with my attitude. But that doesn't take away the fact that I still have something in me and I can achieve something. You know, they help each other. The flaws and the complexities actually can boost whatever we have to do, our desires, rather than be a hindrance to it because it's something that's relatable. Mm -hmm. I mean, learning about Coretta wanting to be, being an opera singer, but understanding the importance of sacrifice in terms, in terms of putting her desires not to the side, or to, but maybe to the back burner for a while because of the greater good 
for me was just kind of like, okay, so, but she achieved so much in her life later on. So mm-hmm. that sacrifice then, I didn't mm-hmm. judge her. I couldn't judge her as a woman who, because a lot of times we're like, oh, she copped out, you know, she, she put her life aside for this man. But no, it was that moment for greater, a later gratification. It was deferred gratification that she, she saw. And so it's kind of like, okay, if Coretta being the great woman she was, and people could look at her and say she put herself aside and she, you know, let the man take over. She did that for a moment, but ma'am, what she was able to achieve, right. what are we talking about? Right. And, you know, things like that remind me that, okay, it's okay for me to sacrifice, you know, in wherever and whatever form that comes in, as long as, you know, the main goal is the main goal and have uh-huh. that mind of the greater good. And so then I can be, give myself more grace, you know, even if I didn't get it today, I can get it tomorrow. As long as there's hope, there's life. There's life, there's hope, whichever one it goes. But, you know, <laughs> but exactly that, you know, the concept of redemption and knowing that nobody's perfect but Jesus. And it's just a matter of keeping, keeping at it and keeping going. Every single day we wake up, we have a chance to go at it again. Sure. Giving ourselves the grace that, okay, today I didn't make it. Tomorrow I'm going to try again. And then the day after and the day after and the day after. And we see that this is what these people did. And their legacies have lived and will continue to live on many, many, for human history. Do you know what I mean? So it's encouraging to me to know that it's possible to be me in all my flaws, but also I can achieve something great. So, yeah, yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I am loving this conversation. Lady, I have a question for you, and I'm going to need you to make sure the kids ain't around and you're going to have to come in close for this one, okay? Did you know that you can squeeze, pulse, milk, lock, whip, and even twist a man in bed using only your vagina? Yes, your vagina. These and many other skills are part of a secret practice called Pompar. Pompar is so incredibly powerful that Cleopatra was rumored to have used it to seduce Julius Caesar, the great Roman emperor, leading to the War of Alexandria. Our sponsor goddess, that's goddess with an H after the O, is the world's first online program teaching you all of these vaginal superpowers step by step so you can completely transform your sex life. Their program is a fully animated, structured course designed to naturally increase your pleasure, multiply your orgasms, and boost your sex drive. The Goddess program is medically backed and gets updated with new techniques and exercises every single month. Now you know how we do. We like to test out all of our sponsors' products and services before we share them with you. And we tried the Goddess program and girl... Let me just say, I have a strong appreciation for both the content and the visuals. The engaging visuals really made it easy for me to follow along and it kept me hooked. But one of my favorite takeaways was the emphasis on this being a lifestyle that can easily be seamlessly integrated into daily life. And that's literally how I've been using it. I'm talking about Kegels while you're washing dishes, Kegels while you're at your desk, right? Like all that good stuff. And I'm going to keep it 100. Exploring practices used by ancient escorts added a very intriguing dimension for me. 
And while this all might drive one's partner crazy, the neurological benefits such as prevention of incontinence, increased pleasure, heightened libido, improved confidence, tightness and wetness, it makes it worthwhile. I've been doing these techniques for the past few weeks and lady, I already feel a change in my pelvic floor. We know you want in on this program. So right now, they're offering a $100 discount on the program using the code CULTIVATE at goddess.com. That's goddess with an H after the O. G-O-H-D-D-E-S-S dot com. And so when we think going back to our quote of the day and, and thinking about how these women are full, complete human beings outside of their husbands, right? What was something that you all wanted to bring to each of these respective portrayals that hadn't been shown before and really showed their full humanity? It's it's an interesting question because I don't know so much of it not being shown before, right? I think this series, this series had a different intention than other, other projects in the, in prior to it. It's just so far as for, for one, we got to see both Martin and Malcolm side by side. That's new, right? They're not being pitted against each other, but we're seeing the ways in which they're echoing to each other throughout history from even the time that they were little, right? But then also, there was always a very concerted effort from jump to really make it so that the women aren't behind these men, but beside them. And when that is the energy being brought from Rip, before they even step foot into their writer's room, right, while they're having their think tank, when that's the energy being presented from junk, then I think that offers new, new, different nuance in the portrayals that we may not have gotten from prior expressions of these four individuals. And so then that was just exciting for, for us to, to dive into because that, that brought a lot. It, it brought a lot. What's the word? It opened dialogue. It opened a lot of dialogue for us to then have with our showrunners about, okay, well, this is the research that we've done independently. And so I feel like I want to bring this aspect of Betty's life into the the story, or I want to bring this aspect of Coretta's life into the story, because there was already an open invitation to invest in that way. I remember talking, I felt like, I was like, they could fire me right now because I it was only like a week or two in. We hadn't even done, I think all we had done was a table read at that point. And I'm in, in uh, at Damien and Raph's door, just like at nausea and saying, okay, so I want, th- this is what we need to, we need to highlight this. This needs to be in the script. <laughs> I remember them looking at me like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> but that level of collaboration and just like, and really trusting us, trusting us to 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 cover Maybe some blind spots about these women in the independent research that we did was always, it was always welcomed. And so that, that allowed, at least I felt like I could take risks in, in, in her journey in, in that kind of way. 
She said it. She's like, she nailed it. She did it. (laughs) Well, I mean, the collaboration thing, I think, is a big thing as well. Because I, but my, I feel like when I got into her properly, that's when I was kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think her. I would say this. No, she's not going to use these words because this is a woman who knows who she is. I mean, when I I found out. I know what she was when on her wedding day, she actually said to Martin, I don't want to say these vows because I'm not about to be your glorified. Well, let me use the, use the word in a script. I don't know how it was. <laughs> but she said something along the lines of, it's just got to be a partnership. I'm not going to be the wife that becomes your, your maid or your, or whatever, or a concubine. This is a partnership. And he's like, ah, cool. That's all right with me. And I remember even reading that and being like, oh, she had, you know, that just shows her agency from then. Do you know what I mean? Before she even got married, she was like, yo, I'm about to be your wife. I'm a Christian lady. I understand the concept of the husband being the head and all that, but we, we ain't doing, we're not doing that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm here to serve you. You also serve me. It's a partnership. It's not, I'm not going to be a doormat. And I remember reading that and that also clicked in me because at first I did think, yeah, a nice Christian lady until I did more research into her. And I was like, actually, she always has a fire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't wait for Martin to, to allow her. Mm-hmm. She had her agency and she, that never went anywhere. She might have been creative about it and wise in when to exert it or when to exercise it when to speak, when to, you know, be able to keep quiet. And I think that's wisdom in any shape or form, mm-hmm. when to talk or when to be quiet. But it's just stuff like that when I remember reading it. And then that kind of empowered me. And I was like, ah, close this. So when I was reading some stuff, I was like, ah, not, no, I don't think she would speak like that because this is a woman who knows who she is and has known. So, and they were very receptive to that, which was very encouraging because then it gave us even more ownership and allowed me to feel like, yeah, I really do know what I'm talking about. I mean, we did spend, what, five days a week for how many months being these women. And yeah. so we have an idea of who they were and what they would say and the things that matter to them and what we'd also want to show about them, which like Jamie said, you know, the, the transition of her being a young woman and then mm-hmm. having children. And then I love the fact Jamie talks about how her voice changes and her body changes. And it, and that is the truth because in that episode of when the women meet, I remember watching it and both our voices. Huh? Oh, we're like, <laughs> wow. When we first meet them, and we're like, I love you. And, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, we're like, good to see you, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Life is going to do what it's going to do. But, you know, having those journeys and being, you know, being encouraged. And I wouldn't say permission because it was an encouragement and we came. <laughs> with our desires to do it and they honored it the showrunners so that was that was great in that sense yeah courage that is so amazing and kudos to you all for for advocating for the character right and it's been so interesting to hear about the collaboration your preparation but we want to shift up the energy a little bit and we want to learn more about the humans behind the characters okay so get ready get ready so on this podcast because we recognize appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, 
classy and ratchet. You can still be elegant. Come on, come on. You can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. And so we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. Do you take on the challenge? Go ahead. I'm scared. She said, go ahead, go ahead, girl. Okay. In my business. Wait a minute. <laughs> so now, now that we got them, now that you have agreed, we're going to tell you what to expect. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions. And then we have three photos of each of you pulled up on the big screen that we'll show you in a second. It's from the gram. It's from the gram. Oh my gosh. It's from the gram. It's from the gram. Let's go. It's from the We're going to have you choose a number out of one and three or zero and three, right? And choose a number and we're going to show that particular photo. And what we want you to do is share some context about the photo that we would not know just by looking at it. So we're going to make this, we're going to, we're going to assign you each one of these because we have both of you so that we won't take too long and we can dive back into some of the other fun questions. So we'll ease into this segment. I'm going to start off with you, Jamie, and I'm going to ask you, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? And then we're going to go right on over to Favorite Sorry, New York is really New Yorker right now, and I don't know if you hear it or not. A little bit of traffic. Woo! So, what did you ask me? What's the best piece of advice? Wisdom or advice mm-hmm, you've ever received? That's tough. Uh, the best piece of advice I, or wisdom I've ever received. I think it's it's definitely something my mama has said. She's going to love that I'm picking her up this much. I think it's it's something that she's passed on to me, but the way she's helped me to trust my discernment and 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 how she's helped me to get clarity in my discernment and to keep it connected to my faith and 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 yeah, how she's helping me, I should say, because I'm in that space right now, navigating what is discernment versus what is my fears. And, and making sure that I'm not crossbreeding the two, which is not easy. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say that. That's powerful. Thank you. Okay. Yes, that, that was such a, a beautiful reflection. And then we're going to totally switch it up for you, Eruche. We're totally, totally going to switch it up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have four words for you. Okay. Twerk or two step? Yeah, I'm about to say you better not lie. Jamie, you might as well share your answer to Jamie. What you going to do? Twerk or two step? I'll twerk. Okay. Hey, but I got a mean two step. I got a real good two step. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I got a mean two step, but we, well, we're going to twerk. Jamie, I'm going to pass it back to you. What is the sexiest item you own? We all up in your business now. I know. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. Have any sexy items? Cap, <laughs> <Don't laughs> What'd you say? No cap. No cap. How did I do? Do you think? Oh my god, the sexiest item. Okay, it's an item. But I mean it's kind of an item. But like my back piercings, I feel like mm. might be better. I know she's shocked. 
Where? Is it the dimple back pierce? Like, where is it? <gasps> right in those, my, uh, you know, just a good little. That's so cute. I, I would. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. We love yes. it. We Let's love go. it. Come on. Yes. yes. Did it hurt? Yes. Did it hurt? Yeah. But not okay. like, wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. I literally was thinking about that yesterday. So I'm okay. I'm going to do my research really? now. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm I try to get him. I tried to get him in Atlanta when we were filming. It's illegal. So, <laughs> oh. You like, four you know. stories. And they were like, we don't do that. Yeah. Get out. Who knew? Yeah. Right. I think this is called a derma. Is it a derma piercing? And that's illegal in Atlanta. There's other oh. places outside of Atlanta in Georgia that you could get it done, but. Wow. Yeah. So I just came back to New York and then, yeah. Yeah. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Right. Okay. So we're going to move on to our sentence completion. All right. So, Weirute, one question or topic you wish... Let me get it together. Because this is a <laughs> sentence completion and not a question. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... Jesus, I'm not going to lie. I knew that was coming. Jesus, I want to talk about Jesus all day, every day. There's something <laughs> people be like, oh, here she go again. <laughs> but I want to talk about him all the time, man, because I know what he's done for my life, and I just want to share it to the world. Hallelujah. Yes, go ahead. You okay. better praise him, girl. Good answer. Good answer. Yes. Come on. All right. So, Jamie, we're going to move over to you with the sentence completion. And this sentence completion is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done to get my crush's attention is. So, she she fell off the chair. I know there's a story here. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait to hear. The embarrassing thing I've done to get your crush's attention. I'm so happy this movie. Oh my god. Okay, let me t- let me be honest with what's going on in my head. I have things, but I'm like, can't share that. Okay. Can't share that. That's real. We understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll take it back. The most embarrassing thing I did to get a crush's attention. Honestly, when I was okay, and I just say how old I was. I was nineteen. And there was a it was a basement party, and I assessed this individual across the way, and I said, "Oh, you know what'll be a great vibe right now to get us to connect is if I play some chief key." And so I took that. Um, no, no, it wasn't Kiki. It was Kodak Black. And I switched the music to Kodak Black and he came alive. And as he came alive, that was my entryway to then say, well, I also, you know, and then things, you know, things transpired. So, yeah. We understand how it works. Okay. Okay. story. Yeah. Oh, and that's one's actually even funnier because, oh, Jesus, my business, my business, my business. I'm here for that's this. That's funnier, and it's levels, because the party was at, uh, 
an ex's place. Oh, and so I almost didn't go, but I did because he wasn't supposed to be there. And mm-hmm. so then me and this other guy are, you know, mm-hmm. getting to know each other. Yeah. And as we get to know each other, my ex comes falling down, tumbles down the stairs. And I'm sitting there clutching for dear life. And the guy I'm right next to, all he does is he says, Hey, yo, you good? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, Oh, okay. Hey, damn. And so he, my ex is embarrassed. Or his current guy I'm talking to is right there. And I, I didn't say a thing. Yeah, that story. I visualized the entire the, the scene. Entire that sounds like a scene from a show. I yes. love it. That was good. Thank you. Yes. I like that. Okay. Okay. That was okay. All right. Our final sentence completion. And this is for both of you to answer. What I love most about myself is. What I love most about myself is I think I think the space I make for others. I think I really like that about me. That I can be it's it's I've not yet heard anybody say that they don't either feel safe around me or that they feel like they or or that they can't trust me. That's and true. that means a lot to me. So that yeah. That's true. I love that. That's so true. <laughs> I like the fact that I can make people laugh. I think <laughs> I enjoy seeing people smile because of me. Something I do, even if it's even if I look stupid doing it. I just like to see people smile and laugh around me and. I think I do that quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I want to be remembered as the girl who made people smile and laugh. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Great hug. So wholesome. So wholesome. Right? Right? Like, oh my God. Okay, so now, this may or may not be wholesome. We'll see. But what we want you to do, Wei Ruche and Jamie, is choose a number out of one and three. And let us know when you have your number. And then I'm going to share each of your respective photos on the big screen. We'll start with you, Wayruche. And we want you to give us some context about this photo that we would not know by looking at it. And if you could also describe the photo, since viewers will not be seeing the photo, describe the photo and then provide the context. I know. So what number? Crazy. What? I want number two. Oh, <laughs> number two. Okay, let's see. Number two. Oh, this is really dope. Okay. Good for <laughs> Let me let me blow it up real quick so we can see it. Okay, great. I'm gonna share the screen and dun, 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 dun. your picture. You see it? Not yet. Okay, there we go. It's a good one. It's a good. One. It's a good. Oh, okay. Okay, here. So this photo. I think I'm on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> I'm doing uh, a little bend back. It was a photo shoot for Guardian newspaper. I think it was in 2020, the year I May Destroy You came out. And so I was named as one of the, one, one, somebody, one of the hundred best things of 2020 or something like that. And so I think it was actually my first main newspaper spread. And I had, have a long ponytail, a cute ass pair of, white pants and my booty looks good 
Yes. yes. Come on, booty. And I was a cute fashion. That's what I was trying to do. And I look cute. What was funny? Let me see. Well, the hair was really tight. I'll say that. Because the hairstylist, I remember at one point, I thought I was going to pass out. Uh. <laughs> Legit. And then she took, when, I think, you know, they put the thing around your head to keep the edges down. Huh? Mm-hmm. And she took it off and I could actually feel blood rush back into my <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she said the edges will be laid. They are made by any means. Okay. Okay. But yeah, this was a big moment for me because I remember when the, oh yes. And then my back hurt because I did (laughs) an America's Next Top Model pose bending all the way back. Uh And then that that bag don't do what it used to do. (laughs) (laughs) That is so fun. (laughs) Thank you, Ayruche. Okay, Jamie, we're going to get your number. What number are you going to select? And we'll put your photo up on the big screen. Girl three. Ooh, okay. This is really good. Get ready. This is like, come on. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Ooh. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. One. <laughs> okay. Wow. The titties are on a whole other level. So this is a picture, Shanti, in Woman King. I took a photo of, because I loved head headdress that they handmade. Also the wigs that they handmade. I mean, it was unreal. And watching, all, yeah, all the, shout out to that entire hair, makeup, and costume department on that show, because it was crazy. So this is one of the looks. This is when this is when old girl thought she was about to be crowned the woman king and sadly did not. Yeah. And I I took this photo. Funnily funny enough, I believe I just finished coming out of a having a stomach flu or stomach virus. We were filming in South Africa and yeah, and I have gotten, I just had gotten sick. And that was around the time where you still weren't sure if it's COVID or what was going um, on. But it was a it was a stomach bug that it was going around at the time. And yeah, I was just feeling better. And I was feeling myself. And I said, let's take a picture because yes. it's giving. It's, it's giving. giving. <laughs> but when I posted it, again, my business. Uh, you know, we do this thing when we come out of a breakup where we want the other person to know you done messed up bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm posting this because, sir, you messed up. And look what she lost. Look what she lost. Fumbled her so bag. <laughs> this oh, yeah. Good. Thank y'all so much for playing along <laughs> with us for the OU Blatches segment. This was so fun. And we just want to thank you. We want to close out with a couple more questions just to see if you want to share anything in particular with our listeners, if there's a way that they can support you. But this has been so good. such a great conversation. So feel free to let us know. Yes. This is, I feel like I'm, look, I shared more of my business than I think I would like. (laughs) That's, that's different. Jamie, I'm normally the oversharer, but I'm so happy to be. It's been Yes, girl, a tea. <laughs> yeah. We got all up in your business. But no, this was so great. 
I guess in closing, let our listeners know like how they can support you. Is there any, are there any call to actions that you want to share with them? Because I know they're going to want to be in touch with you now that they know more about you in addition to the characters that you play. I going to say, keep, everybody just keep doing you and yeah. use your voice. Stand on business. <laughs> and be the fabulous person you are. And like, one life to live. You've got yeah. to get that's it, right? Yeah. And watch the show and tell people about it. Because right. no, honestly, because look, let's be real. In our community, things gotta be word of mouth, right? We gotta yes. we gotta feel like somebody else in our community has vetted it for us yes. before we figure out if we wanna sit down and watch it. And it, it's specifically with this show, there's all kinds of feelings around. Oh, uh, why are they telling this again? And another one. Also, is this going to, is it even good? And who's doing it? And all of those questions that we have that we actually should have. I hope that people, we watch it and then we can tell each other, like, actually, we can trust this. We can trust this. We can enjoy this and we can learn something. Yes. Beautiful now stated. tell the people where they can watch it because they need to watch it. They need to. Where, you can so get, where can it, they find it? You can catch it on Disney Plus and Hulu. It streams on Disney Plus and Hulu. It comes on Nat, National Geographic, their channel, on Thursdays, but it starts streaming new episodes. The final two episodes are streaming fr- this Friday. Yeah, on Disney Plus and Hulu. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, ladies. We appreciate yes. you. And we will be tuning in and be following you on social and we'll be keeping in touch. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. My thoughts create my reality. Today, I choose thoughts that empower and uplift me.